0: Well, good morning. morning. That's pretty strong and yet just a little bit too subdued. Good morning. 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 So much better. Listen, let me tell you something. First of all, I want you to know the pastor is resting comfortably. His temperature is down and Shelly is on the piano and all is good in the world. Amen. Amen. Listen, here's a verse I shared with the choir just a few moments ago back in the choir room. This is Habakkuk 2, and it says, write down the revelation. What is the revelation? It is what God is going to reveal. So it says, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. And in some translations, King James, I know it says, it will not delay nor disappoint. Now, I don't know what you're praying for today, but God's got it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together as we sing this morning.
1: These are the days of your servants. The dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant, David, rebuilding a temple. Lift your voice It's Amen. The cords of death, they were surrounding me, but He heard my cry for help. He is my refuge, my high tower, He's my deliverer so strong, the snares of death, they were They were so
0: Will you please remain standing And Miss Barbara comes to read our scripture for us this morning?
2: morning, everybody. It's great to see you. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, so I uh, just wanted to let you be aware of that. And Talking Jonah chapter 4, speaking of Jonah's angry at the Lord's mercy. The change of plans upset Jonah and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God. Slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. I knew how easily you could cancel your plans for destroying these people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive because nothing I predicted is going to happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see if anything would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased some of his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also prepared a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant, so that it soon died and withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God sent a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than this, he explained. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it back. And a plant is only at best short-lived. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? May God bless the reading of his word.
3: Good morning we come to the end of um, Jonah. We have four chapters that we've gone through this, this month. And I'm just going to give you an outline I found just recently. Uh, and let me just read these to you. I thought this was very good. Chapter 1, you might want to write this down. It says, Jonah was running from God. Chapter 2, Jonah, Jonah running to God. Chapter 3, Jonah running for God. And now we're in chapter 4, where Jonah is trying to run God. And so, uh, I grew up watching Disney movies. Uh, I, I like, uh, y'all remember Bambi? You ever watched the little Disney Bambi? I did. I enjoyed Bambi. I've watched a lot of their, they used to come, uh, Disney always had something on Sunday night. Now I never got to watch the ones on Sunday nights because I had the Disney hour or something like that, but I was at church. So I never got to watch a lot of those. But I always uh, and one thing I, I knew about Disney was this, was that they had these words happily ever after. That they lived it always they, they always left you happy. Even when Bambi's mother died, which tore me up, Bambi ended on a happy note. It was always as if life is supposed to live, you're supposed to live happily ever after. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but this book does not, was not written by Disney. Okay? This book does not end happily ever after. It's a very real book. The last chapter here, chapter 4, to me proves that everything that is said during this chapter and before had to happen. Because humans wouldn't have written a book like this at this time. Not this real. Not this um, revealing of Jonah. This book is fascinating to me and one of the reasons it is fascinating to me is because I relate to Jonah. I'm sorry to confess that to you today, but I relate to him. And I can say this for you too. If you study him, you'd relate to Jonah also. Because Jonah is a real person and it's not good who Jonah is. Yes, Jonah is a prophet. Yes, God is trying to use Jonah. Jonah makes a lot of mistakes. Think about this just for a second. God called Jonah to do what? To go to Nineveh to preach the Word of God. What did Jonah do? Jonah went opposite. What did God do? God sent a storm. God sent a storm and took Jonah, uh, and they threw him into that. the, the, the men on the ship that Jonah was on. They took Jonah and threw him overboard, and he should have probably died then, but no, God sent a great fish, swallowed him, and then spit him up on shore three days later, and he, asked, after he had a great word of prayer inside of the belly of the sh- of a fish, which I tell you, that is a good place to pray. Amen. If you're not, that's if if you're not a believer in prayer, I think if you were in the belly of a fish, you'd start praying right then. But you realize, what what else can I do? Well, guess what? He prayed. Spit him up. He went straight to Nineveh, preached the, the shortest sermon I've ever heard. Lord and behold, the people got saved. They repented of their sins. Not only did the people, but even the king got saved. And, and, and he had, if he was in America, in this world, his, his ticket was, he, he had his ticket for the rest of his life. He could write books and t- the ten steps of revival, right? And that Southern Baptist, we'd have lapped it up. You know? First of all, you've got to have a storm. And then you have to have a great fish. And we'd all be trying to figure out how we could get a great storm and a great fish to come do all that stuff to us. So that we could have revival. That's not what took place. Verse verse 1 of chapter 4 says this, It displeased Jonah. What displeased Jonah? Over 120,000 people got saved. They repented of their sins. That displeased pleased Jonah. Think about that. Let that soak in just for a second. Most people are not this real, but Jonah is. And and I just want you to know, the first few verses that we see here is Jonah having a pity party. He is feeling sorry for who? Himself. Now, how many of y'all want to throw rocks at that? None of us. Why? Because we all have pity parties, right? Don't raise your hand. But if I said, raise your hand, don't do it. it?" Okay. (laughs) Don't do it. We already know the answer. But if I ask you to raise your hand right now, if you've ever had a pity party, how many of y'all would raise your hands? We all would raise our hands. Okay? I'd be the first one. Preachers, Monday mornings, we have our pity parties. I mean, Shannon always says, how many pity parties can you have? I said, how many, how many, Sundays, how many Mondays are there in a year? For some reason, Satan jumps on us on Mondays. I don't understand it, but it's just, it's just the way it is. And so we have pity parties. Typically, we're having pity parties because people didn't get saved. Jonah was having a pity party. Why? Because people did get saved. That was the problem here. We see him having this pity party, and what's fascinating about it is he did one thing right, he went to God. A lot of times when we're having pity parties, we don't go to God. We want to blame him because we're in the pity party. But he goes to God, but the problem here is that his prayer is all wrong. Well, not all wrong, but notice what it says here. In in verse 2, he says, So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? You know what he just told God? I told you. I told you, God. I told you in Jerusalem. I told you in Jerusalem this was going to happen and I didn't didn't want no part of it. That's why I went the other direction. That's what, he told, that's what he just told God. I, don't want to, I had to fill in the blanks there a little bit. But that's what he told God. I told you so. I've never had this kind of a bold prayer with God. I've had some rough ones, but not like this. Uh, but he says, he says, Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are as... Listen to this. For you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Now, how does Jonah know that? Jonah knows that because Jonah had experienced the mercy of God. He had experienced the grace, gracious and merciful God who was slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. And one who relents from doing harm. He knew this because he experienced the mercies of God. And praise God, we can, amen. Because our God is merciful. He's slow to anger. Jonah spot on it about who God is. He's spot on. He knew that God was slow to anger. He's patient with us. Amen. Man, he's patient with us. And I just thank him for that. I thank him, but he did not want that for the people of Nineveh. He didn't want that mercy displayed to them. Okay? You need to understand this. And he's having a pity party because they had did exactly what they thought he God had did exactly what he thought he would do, and then they accepted, but and so he's having this pity party because he didn't want this to transpire. And it goes on to say, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it's better for me to die than it is to live. Folks, that is a pity party. Amen? He, he, wanted, to be, he wanted to be just check out. He wanted to be taken out of this world because he was just so having pity on himself. And he did not want revival for the people of men. The second thing I want you to notice here. This is done in a question. Have you ever been upset with God? Have you ever been mad at God? Well, if you have, guess what? You and Jonah wouldn't. You and Jonah in the same boat. Because he's not happy When you look at Jonah at first, you think he's mad at the world, or he's mad at Nineveh, but no, he's not mad really. He didn't like them, he hated them, but he was really mad at God. Why was he mad at God? Because of God's mercy because of God's grace. Jonah was mad at God because he was merciful. How could Jonah, of all people, forget God's mercy so quickly? He should have, he should have died out in the ocean, in the waters, amen. When they threw him out into the, the seas and into the waters, they thought they were throwing him into death. But who saved him? God saved him. He should have died in the belly of the fish. But who saved him? God saved him. He should have never had an opportunity. He had to, to go. He he. He, he, sort of, he, he sort of messed up with the opportunity to go to Nineveh, but God said, no, I'm going to take you anyhow and give you another chance. That teaches us that God gives more than one chance with us many times. Jonah felt all this mercy and grace upon his life, and he did not want to give it over and let others... When you read this passage, Jonah acts like he thought he was in the right and God was in the wrong. He thought he was right in hating these people. Some people today think they're in the right in hating others. We explained the first time I spoke on Jonah how bad these people were. The Ninevites, so they were horrible. I mean, the, the armies in particular were very horrible people. Uh, I've even done some more study and it it gets even worse than some of the things I expressed the first time I was here. And I don't want to go into that, but let me just tell you, these were merciless people. If they ever beat you in battle, they did not show any mercy to the soldiers at all. Maybe Jonah had experienced, maybe his father was killed in one of the battles. Maybe he lost a son in one of these battles. That's not explained in this passage of Scripture. But there's a deep hatred that Jonah has for these people. And, and Jonah thinks God's wrong. mercy If you feel that way at this time, if you're prejudiced, if you think that if you have a hatred just because somebody's from a, another country or has a different skin color, you're wrong. You're wrong. God's not wrong. God so loved the. God so loved the. God so loved all colors, all nationalities, all peoples. If you have a hatred towards somebody just because they were born on the wrong side of the tracks, if you have a hatred because they're just different, God's not wrong for loving them. You're wrong for hating them. You need to understand God is not wrong for loving people. And we need to understand that His his being mad at God was wrong. And if you're mad at God right now, you're wrong. And you need to come to that understanding. One thing that was impressive about uh, this passage of Scripture is that There's this whole... Jonah, okay, he asked that question here in um, verse 4. It says, it is, and God asked Jonah this question. I love all these questions, okay? This is nothing but... Is it right for you to be angry? What's the proper answer for that? No, you're not right. You're wrong in being angry. You're wrong in your anger. But what did Jonah do? Jonah just turns his back on God and takes off. We do that sometimes, right? When we don't like what we're hearing, we take off and we begin to do our own thing. And he builds his own little hut. builds his own hut. What is he goes to the east side and he builds a hut up on a mountain looking down on Nineveh. What is he waiting on? He's hoping... I'm going to fill into the blanks here. He's hoping that God changes his mind and that or Nineveh slips up. And that destruction and judgment takes place. He goes there just so he can hopefully see what, 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 was, what, what he was hoping for, for his own outcome, what he was wanting. And so he builds his hut, but it was a miserable built hut, so God does this. God shows mercy upon Jonah. Even in his hatred, even in his... He, he's still reaching out to Jonah, and he's still throwing out his mercy and his love toward Jonah, and he brings this plant, and, he, and it just covers him. Some people say, I've never seen a plant like that. Well, do what Jonah did, and you might see it. Okay? If you want to see it, first of all, you've got to get a command from God, amen, to go somewhere, and then you just go opposite of that and see what God does to bring you back into the fold. But he brings his plant up, Covers him, and that's the only time in this passage, the whole time in the book, that Jonah is happy. happy. He has this cover. I guess he is covering his head. I think he might have been limited on hair, and so he he uh, he. Maybe that fish took all his hair off his head. I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to play. And so. We see here that he's happy for a moment, but why is he happy? Because he's experiencing the mercies of God. The same thing he's happy about is the same thing that he's mad about for God. minute. But God sent a worm. Some of y'all, some people said, there, "There's no way God. There's no way a plant could grow that fast." I did some studying. There is, there is, but that's not. God can do whatever He wants. Okay. He can build a great fish, come up and swallow a man. Some people think that's impossible. Not in God's eyes, it's not. God can speak, if God can speak something in creation, just speak it into existence, then yes, He can bring a great fish, and yes, He can grow a big plant, and yes, He can send a worm. He sent a worm, the same God who built the Brought the great fish, then brought the plant. And is now bringing the great worm and eats up that plant. And guess where? Guess where? Joni is again. He's mad. Who's he mad at? Mad at God. I might be speaking to somebody here today that's mad at God. I'm looking at the balcony now. I don't know why, but. You may be mad at Him right now, and I'm just going to give you some advice. Don't go down that path too far. That's not a path you want to go down too far. I think we all dabbled in anger toward God. We're human. I understand that. But don't go down it as far as He did. Because there's an open-end question at the end, and that's what I want to get to uh, here at the end, because... The third thing I want you to notice, and here's a question, has God ever had to teach you a lesson? And I'm here to say, God's had to teach me some. They're not pleasant sometimes. I've learned from some of the lessons that God has had to teach me, and He had to teach them sort of roughly, that I've realized that I want to be near, so close to God that when He whispers my name, I want to hear what He has. I don't like being disciplined by that. Um, when I was growing up, I was the second child. Okay? I had an older brother. and My older brother would boldly go places that no man should have ever gone before. And then I would see things take place to my brother through discipline. And I'd make a mental note. Don't do that. If you do this... This will happen. It's not pleasant. And so I've learned a lot of times through other people's experiences. And I've taken that into my own life. But let me tell you, I've been dumb enough and foolish enough to make my own mistakes, amen? I've boldly gone places I should not have gone. And I've reaped the, the benefits of that. And they're not benefits. But I did th- But one thing I've noticed here is that that those who were disciplining me was doing it out of love. I sense everything that transpires with Jonah here is from a God who loves us, but He's doing it to somebody who has love for Himself but has no love for others that He just that He doesn't like. And so God is sitting here, and He and He's sitting here in the last in verse ten and eleven, and notice what it says here. I'll just go to verse nine. And it says, Then God said to Jonah. Is it right for you to be angry about the plants? See, now he, he went from happy to mad. And he goes on and he says, It is right. <laughs> this is Jonah speaking. I, I love this. because This is so human. It is right for me to be angry even to death. Verse 10. But the Lord said, You have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored nor made it grow which came up into, in, in a night and perished in a night. In verse 11, here's the question. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? Question. And that's the end of the book. Should he, not have more, should he not have mercy on them? What do you think Jonah would have said? By all the evidence that we see here, he would have said, no, you should not give mercy. His hatred was that. But here's the point of the book. The point was to teach Jonah and those who would read this book later like us, about God's love. We are to love those God loves and to share the grace we have experienced with those who haven't experienced it yet. Jesus would come back later and says, Love your, say it loud, love your Amen. as yourself, but he goes on to say, Love your enemy. You want to say that together? Let's all say that together because this, this this might hurt you a little bit. Y'all ready? Love your enemies. Did that hurt just a little bit? Jesus said, love your enemies. Jonah didn't get the message. Have you got the message? If God can love you, God can love your enemies. And He expects us to love to give the same grace that that we have received, we are to give it to those that may not love us. That is not a sign of weakness. That's called a sign of faith. I want to read um, 1 Corinthians. God gave me this right before I walked out. I was in the office and I just gave me this verse, and y'all know this verse, 1 Corinthians 13. Listen to this. It says, "Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal." And who is Paul writing to? He's writing to people who've been persecuted, people who their kids were getting killed because of their faith, their family members, their neighbors those who are born again, just because they believed in Jesus Christ, they were being um, persecuted. But God has this message. In verse 2, He says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not loved, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love it profits me nothing love suffers long things and is kind love does not envy love does not parade itself it is not puffed up it does not behave rudely it does not seek its own it does not provoke it thinks no evil it does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth it bears all things believes all things and hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish. For we all know in part, and we prophesy in part. Folks, we need to understand this. In verse 13 it says, And now abiding faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these. We are to love one another. If we had to ask ourselves, is Poplar Springs a loving church? What would be the honest answer? If it it was determined on you. If, If it was all determined on your love life. Could you say you love everybody in this room? These are the people, we're on the same team, amen? We are the family of God. And I love coming to church on Sundays. Do you know why? Because where am I not? By jo- the majority. This is the only time I probably, when I go out in the world, that, that I'm, I'm sitting around people of like-mindedness. If you have a hard time loving people in this room, how in the world are you going to love people outside this room? We're called to love one another. To love our enemies to love them enough, to share the mercy and grace that we have received, we are to share it with those that we may not even like. At least Jonah was obedient. Because of Jonah's life, over 12,000, 112,000, I forgot the number here, but a whole city got saved. Here's the question. Two questions. Do you understand Jonah? Do you see yourself in Jonah? And the last question is this. Who is in control? If you had to answer the question right now, are you trying to control God or are you allowing God to control you? I told, I'll tell the people when I do PS 101, one of the things I do, and it's a legalistic thing, okay, I, this, this is one of the most legalistic things I'd probably do, is I do the Lord's Prayer every day. Every morning, I, the first thing I do, I, As I, I start out my prayer time with saying, Thy will, and I, I say this, and it hurts sometimes, I say this, Thy will be done on earth as it is. You know what I don't try to say? Make Joey's will. I want God's will. Jonah wanted Jonah's will. Did you notice what happened? God's will will be healed. I leave that question hanging because that's the way to break You must answer that question. Who's thinking What's your way? Father, we humbly come before You today. And we thank You, Father, for this opportunity that we have to respond to Your Word. Well, this wasn't a pleasant message for me today, I'll be honest with you. This one stopped. This hit close. Lord, I've, I've struggled with this message all day, so I hope and I pray, Father, that I was able to give it in a way that people can respond to it. Honestly, I don't think anybody will respond to this message. Because selfishness, it's deep-rooted in some of us. And we're more worried about what others think about us than we are about what you think about us. And Lord, we have to give an invitation to feel that We should. Now pray, Father, that you'll help us, we who say that we are your kids, that we are your children, that we will be obedient to the movement of your Spirit in our lives today. Father, bring up that spiritual mirror. And Lord, help us to see if we have, like Jonah, that there's prejudice inside of ours. This deep root. And Lord, we cannot blame our parents. We cannot blame our upbringing. We stand before you, God. And we must accept what's inside of us. And I pray, Lord, because of your mercy and because of your grace and that your long suffering, that today, Father, we have an opportunity to allow Your Spirit to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we can start where we're sitting right now. If they need to come talk to me, I'll be in the back. And I'd love to share with them. If there's somebody here today that needs You as their Lord and Savior, I'd love to share with them also. Our Father, move today in our lives. And Lord, may we be responsive to the movement of Your Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name
0: Amen. So glad to see you here this morning. As you're leaving today, uh, there will be some men at the doors, I believe, to receive the offerings. And also, as you go out the doors, there's black boxes on the wall as you're leaving or as you're coming back in that will also be there. Don't forget that in a few short weeks is Sacrifice Sunday. The end one month from now, we'll have Sacrifice Sunday. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we could retire that debt um, amen we can do god can do that amen and i believe that that would be great medicine for our pastor now here's how we're going to end today we're going to have a prayer together i want to invite any of you who would to come to the altar uh, especially men if you'd like to come and pray um, if not you can pray right where you are it's fine i want us to have a special word of prayer for our pastor before we leave. We look forward to seeing you through this week. Please let us know if there's anything uh, that you need, anything we can do. We've tried to send out some updates this week. We'll try to do that in the coming week as well. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. I've got to tell you, as Joey was reading that story about Jonah today, and they talked about how God made a plant overnight. I just had to wonder if it was kotsu. As a boy from the south, that's what came to my mind. Let's pray together. Father God, today we've heard the story of Jonah. We've heard the conclusion of it. And Lord, throughout that whole book, there's one thing that we've learned. And it is just what Joey said, that you are God. And you can do anything you want to. Lord, you have all of heaven and earth at your command. You can cause things to come from every corner of the earth and from the winds that blow in every direction and today you know that we need a healing complete and utter healing for dale roach so we lift him up to you we thank you that you have assembled an army of prayer warriors around this globe lord we are confident that you hear our prayers but lord specifically this week we pray that infection will be gone we pray that he will become alert We pray that he'll be able uh, to start giving some commands. Lord, we just pray that that would be done in accordance with your will. We always want your will, but Lord, we, your people, need him, our shepherd here. Lord, you're the shepherd. He's the under-shepherd. We understand that, and you know that we understand that, but we cry out to you today on his behalf. Lord, we have folks here today that are hurting for all kinds of reasons, all kinds of reasons. Disappointments, bereavement, sickness. Things that are going on throughout our country and the world. And Lord, it's a, it's a frightening time. It's a frustrating time. And yet there is a constant throughout eternity and it is you. And so we know that you have a message for us that will speak. A revelation. We're looking forward to receiving it. So Lord, as we leave this place today and you have heard our cries our prayers we leave confidently knowing that your presence goes with us you're in control and you are good and working on our behalf oh god we love you and we thank you for loving us in jesus name amen god bless you